0: Welcome back to Fintalk, brought to you by Vermeck. Here we discuss pressing topics in fintech, regtech, covering regulatory collateral and digital across banking and insurance and finance. Vermec has been proud to deliver innovative software solutions in the industry with stability and cost efficiency for a global roster of clients. With over 20 years of trusted transformation in finance and insurance, we're bringing industry's top expertise to Fintalk. I'm Gerald Akhtar, and I'll be your host for this podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Fintalk podcast brought to you by Vermeck. And today I'm delighted to have with me Gavin and Hanbury. Hanbury, Gavin, can I pass over to you guys for introductions?
1: Hello, um, my name is Gavin Stewart. I'm a director in Grant Thornton's regulatory practice. Before I joined in 2016, I'd worked for three consecutive regulators um, for 27 years, starting with the Bank of England in 89 and then the FSA and the FCA. And essentially, I I commentate, I think, on what's happening in essentially UK financial regulation uh, in terms of what it means, putting it in context, the sort of so what question and how will the regulators actually go about implementing the things that they say they're going to do. Fantastic. Thank you, Gavin. I'm sure we're going to dive into that.
2: Hanbury? Does the regulars all know? Uh, Hanbury Hampton Turner. I'm Vermeg's functional authority, which means basically I interpret the rules, uh, both uh, regulatory rules, both in the UK and around the world, and use those to make uh, run the team, making specifications based on that.
0: Brilliant. Welcome, guys. Thank you for your time today. So today's topic is going to be around horizon scanning. We're kind of closing, we're approaching the end of September. The year's flown by. Uh, we're kind of heading into 2023. And, and kind of into the future. You can see a lot of firms starting to talk about budgets and kind of priorities for next year, uh, things like that. So there's a lot, lot going on internally and externally. Obviously, kind of the key points I want to drive and get some input from Gavin and Hanbury. So recently, the I mean, biggest change we've seen so far uh, is in the leadership race. So we can see that now finally kind of being bed down and we have a new, new prime minister, for the foreseeable future. So kind of over to Gavin, I kind of want to ask you, you know, now that the leadership race is, is kind of confirmed and we have a new leader uh, under the UK, do you see much priorities change or shifts uh, around the, around the PRA on the regulation?
1: I think the short answer is it's too soon to tell. And there's a lot of uncertainty more so than you would expect. Uh, Financial regulation was a major part of the, the Tory leadership com- uh, contest, probably more than you'd expect, probably more than is healthy. And since Liz Truss became prime minister and Kwasi Kwarteng be- became chancellor, uh, we do have some signs of what they want to do, which follows on from that. I think probably four points to make. One is there seems to be a pretty clear change of direction. So we've heard about Big Bang 2.0, not a lot of detail yet, although obviously there's the banker's bonus debate that that has come up again, but we have seen Tom Scholl, the permanent secretary of the Treasury, being fired. That's what's being called across all the all the relevant networks, which is let's say unusual, and I think does indicate a change of direction which was which was signaled. The second thing is the the kind of almost two enthusiastic endorsement of central bank independence by the chancellor. There's a little bit of Premier League board about this in some ways, um, particularly as we have kind of like biweekly meetings between the chancellor and the governor of the Bank of England, at least for the time being. So that it'd be interesting to know what they talk about and how much restraint is shown on the one hand and how much strength of character is needed on the other. But there's clearly you know, some scope for influence there. The biggest legislative thing by far is obviously the financial services and markets bill, and we'll have to see how that travels through. But I think it's going to be more controversial than it would have been seen as three or four months ago. The competitiveness objective is getting more and more notice and building up, and it's hard to see it as just a secondary objective. It feels like it's becoming more major than that. And also, clearly, the reintroduction of the the power for the Treasury to recall regulations uh, that they think need another look at for whatever public interest need that they see. I think that will cast potentially a bit of a shadow over PRA policy making. The caveat to all this, of course, my last point, is that a lot of this is already set out. The work is in train. So we have the regulatory initiatives grid. Be interested to see what that looks like in November. And also any major changes, we're talking primary legislation until the Financial Services and Markets Bill becomes an act, which is, let's say, next spring at the earliest. So it's going to be much slower than the rhetoric might suggest, but it does look like we've we've changed direction quite sharply.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Gavin. There's quite a lot there. I know. I know there's a huge shift and Huge things and changes, changes happening. So, yeah, I, I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, the grid to come out. That'll be uh an interesting read for all of us. So, Hanbury, just the kind of in view of the of the of the new leadership. Do you see any potential patterns for the future?
2: Yes, I, I think we can see a few. As as Gavin said, it's um, we are presently short on detail. We've got uh, DPM 422s just come out. And that's uh, long on intentions, but obviously short on detail. Uh, A lot depends upon, as Gavin said, the financial services markets bill going through. I I think things will be slowish to start. The new Prime Minister surely has more urgent things to deal with than the detail of financial services legislation. So while the intentions will steam ahead, the the detail may lag a bit. And I suspect it's also unlikely that Kwasi Kwarteng, as the new Chancellor, is going to be getting into the detail of the financial regulations. Uh, I mean, he's, he's very much a, a, a principles and, and, and ideas-based politician. I don't think he's going to be trying to you know, influence. He's not, he's not a, a technocrat in the same way that uh, Liz Truss has a reputation for being. So I think, I think we will see that. Uh, I think the, the progress will be slow because they want to integrate across lots of different policy streams. But I think that there is a definite pattern. So there's going to be more integration across different uh, legal streams and policy streams. With the heralding of um, ESG uh, and associated legislation and associated changes, uh, we're seeing a lot more about social policy objectives, about environmental objectives, about environmental evaluations going into some of the traditionally financial uh, financial areas. So rating bonds based upon their environmental impact, that kind of thing. And, and that doesn't have to wait for primary legislation. The government has shown a rather large willingness to use the Companies Act as a sort of way around primary legislation uh, by making the change in behaviour not a requirement for the banks, which would require primary legislation, but as a condition of authorised persons within the banks holding, uh, keeping their banking licences. And that, that was used in the COVID crisis to try and get the COVID regulations through. That was used uh, as in some of the SME support, although that was later entered into legislation on the European side as support for small and medium-sized enterprises. But I think we, we will see probably the Companies act returning as a sort of shortcut way of, of trying to get banks into action uh, without necessarily passing primary legislation. But I, but I agree with Gavin. I mean, it is going to follow the pace of the financial services markets bill. We are talking about next year, I think at the earliest, for any uh, actual effective measures, probably not early next year. I, I think the other thing we'll see is changes in particular areas. So I think what we're likely to see is far away from the EBA's somewhat systemic approach of trying to maintain everything at once and trying to do updates to everything at once, we're going to see the Bank of England, PRA, and FCA focusing on particular policy areas and doing a lot with that. So the, the changes will be area by area rather than scattered and, and, and piecemeal. That, that, that's, that's my prediction. Obviously, we'll see whether or not events bear that out.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Kevin. It's a really interesting uh, kind of overview of the political landscape where we kind of see things happening and see things moving. So, yes, kind of very much. I kind of watch this space now. Hopefully, we don't get another new Prime Minister before this all happens. So, um,
2: well, well, you laugh, but, but actually, that is a possibility. I mean, one of the pressures on Liz Truss is obviously the fact that, that she was chosen by the Conservative Party, rather than by the electorate. Yes. If she feels she has a decent chance of winning an election, she may well pull a snap election before the end of the year. And if she does that, then there's a small chance we'll lose and we'll get another prime Pretty minister. Another, so, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it could well happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, it, it's unlikely, but it could well happen. Yeah, it's, it's very, very true, right? Um, what's your space? So kind of with the like a holistic view now, more looking at kind of on the ground, on the ground view. So I know. I'm sure Gavin and your team at Grant Thornton have been uh, engaging with your clients as as well as we have about looking down at budgets and twenty twenty three and planning and what can we do what should we look out for? is you know what kind of key factors, regulations, or initiatives do firms you know kind of need to be considering or should consider really strongly for for the new year? So kind of open it up to both of you, Gavin, if you if you want to go first and kind of what your thoughts are or how your firm has been
1: kind of guiding or helping your client base. So so I think I mean a lot of it is is what you would expect. And and to be honest, a lot of the activities probably on the FCA side with you know most obviously the consumer duty and so on, and the ESG initiatives that, that hanbury has been you know been talking about. I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how much of that Survives going through the winter and the cost of living crisis because I think that you know in reality firms senior management boards have to be focused on what they do around that because it still has the potential to be you know as severe if not more so than than COVID was and we know what you know what that did in terms of knocking back other agendas so so to be honest I'm all the work that we're doing is. Fundamental and it's it's fairly obvious and it's set out in the grid. I have I still have this big question mark though as as to how much of that will be overtaken by events. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's factoring in the political landscape and yeah, cost of living crisis. I think is on is on everyone's agenda at the moment.
1: I mean, there's clearly quite a lot of the you know the reporting issues and and you know international directives and so on where they. Yeah the wheels have turned so far that, that actually that they will go through anyway. But in terms of new things that require the, the firm to build massive implementation programs and so on, I, I think that all those things are vulnerable. Yeah.
2: I mean, from my point of view, I think we are going to see a variety of changes on the ground, uh, some of them quite soon, some of them well into next year or beyond. In, in no particular order, I think a lot of the temporary measures that we've been treated with are likely to become permanent. So I don't think the COVID legislation is going away anytime soon. I think all the temporary COVID measures are likely to become permanent in the same way that the support for small and medium-sized enterprises just after the financial crisis, all those temporary measures also became permanent. I think we're going to see the expectation on behalf of the government that their legislation will change the market. So they're already talking about things like environmental repos, whereby you know, if your present selection of debts doesn't uh, uh holdings doesn't um meet ESG requirements, why not re put out for something that does? And and this kind of sort of well meaning predictions, I don't know if the market will necessarily support them the way the government thinks they will, but I think it, it does show a willingness to change the market and change the conditions of the market due to the, the measures they're passing. I think they are intending to make the behaviours change. And the measures we're gonna see are gonna reflect that. Uh and, and this possibly is part of a sort of more broader theme of, of the idea that just leaving the markets to get on to things is, is probably not going to be the, the popular view coming up over the next few years. I don't think there's going to be much appetite for, for the argument that uh, banks should just be let to get on the thing and the free market should take care of things. I think we're going to see increasing amounts of social uh, intervention, environmental intervention, government intervention in terms of how banks conduct things and, and what their priorities should be in order to have a proper place as part part of the economy. I won't come to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think that's the direction we're we're, we're heading in. Similarly, I think that on the ground, we're gonna see changes to market risk early next year, being announced early next year. In particular, an attempt to, as part of the fundamental Trading Book, attempt to integrate liquidity into market risk portfolios more closely, and into market risk models more closely, but also an attempt to stop the abuse of the trading book, banking book distinction. That is something that several banks, including some large banks, have been observed doing quite a lot. Uh, And I think that's going to get cracked down on. So if you don't have the systems in place to track that kind of thing, you don't have the systems in place to calculate that kind of thing, then uh, you, you, you might want to develop capabilities in that direction. So I I think those are some of the changes on the ground we'll be seeing. Obviously, there's also the crypto bug, which uh, is spreading. People are uh, getting increasingly excited about integrating cryptocurrencies into the mainstream and indeed issuing special purpose cryptocurrencies for particular events, which is an interesting development. I think, however, that in the short term, in the very short term, the government will probably be more focused on the insurance industry than the banking industry. So I think we're going to see worries about sovereignty too, about granular data being used in insurance and about reforms to the insurance industry, and and the banks will be an important area for reform, but probably take second place to that. So I I don't think we're going to see anything substantial from the Bank of England on banking, exactly the details of what they're going to do until quite late this year. I think they probably won't leave it till next year because it'll look bad. But I think, yes, the November regulatory grid is probably something to look out for, and it's probably going to come out at the end of November rather than the beginning. But again, that's just a prediction off the top of my head. I
1: think it's it's probably stating the obvious, but I think solvency two is at the crux of a lot of these debates around you know, what's the role of the regulator as opposed to the direction the government wants to go in. I mean the PRA's been as clear as it can be as a regulator, I think that that it sees most you know, most if not all of the standards in Solvency Two as still being needed. There's clearly been an element of kind of briefing earlier in the summer against that view from the government and, you know, Big Bang 2.0 and so on, the rhetoric is all in the direction of freeing these things up. So it'll be fascinating to see how that, how that pans out over the next period. Really.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's also interesting to note what they're going to be reforming. I mean, there are a lot of insurers out there who are using very large, very rickety, very complicated, and quite poorly understood financial models. And insurance models uh, and risk models. And I think they're going to be looking at that and trying to get some kind of handle on that. And however they, they fare on that is likely to then be applied again in the banking industry. So I think we're seeing more attention paid again to IRB models and, and to internal uh, internal models generally, and not just in market risk as part of the fundamental trading book, but, but also in credit risk as well. So I, I think, yeah, that that's a definite spillover. I think whatever lessons they learn in the insurance industry are likely to come uh, into banking. Uh, and similarly, the, the use of more granular data insurance is like to come back into banking as well. They're already talking about, well, they've already started uh, trying to change the granularity of credit rating information that's used. So rather than using credit ratings, you use the information gathered by credit rating agencies. Uh, I mean, it might be a trivial change to some, but obviously to the to rating agencies themselves, it's a huge, huge deal. And it's going to change the way in which they interact with their customers. Yes.
0: Thank you for that. Um, that's quite, quite detailed, actually. I was hoping, I think you covered off my last question as well.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: no, it's perfect. I read my mind. So just before I just kind of you know, hand over, why I wanted to just remind everyone of the Future Fit conference on the 20th of September Vermeg. annual red conference hosted in London in person, bigger and better. I know Grant Thornton are going to be there. So Kevin, I'm sure we'll you know, definitely be seeing you there and I know your, your team will be, will be speaking. I know we'll be covering a lot of these topics that we've, we've discussed today. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you to the listeners. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you.